Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ming. And we're moving along. Welcome back to our podcast. Today we're recording the 36th episode and we're going to be talking about interracial and intercultural relationships. And we're specifically going to go into our own experiences since we all three of us kind of have some experience with intercultural and Linda and I have interracial dating. So we're going to talk about the ups and downs of that. But before that, let's go into our weekly recap and let's start with Linda. Um... Okay, so this week has been pretty okay. The new thing I'm doing is training a temp for my team since at work, since our coworker is about to go on maternity leave. And okay, she said something weird to me. The temp, um, so she studied Japanese in college, and we found out that we went to the same high school. So she also oh, went to Rose. Oh but like 10 years ago so she's like 10 years older than me and when we found out that we went to the same high school she's like this was before like we knew how old she was she was like wow like we might have had the same friends because most of my friends were asian <laughs> and i was like oh, okay and then and then she was like you're probably someone's cousin i was like oh my god someone's cousin <laughs> oh my god that's so cringy yeah and yeah, I'm I assuming was she's like, not Asian. By she's not Asian. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if it was, I would have been, like, more understandable, I guess. Even though, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not necessarily... It's just, like, an awkward comment. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So she, like, studied Japanese in college. And, like, I feel like once I hear someone say that, it's either, like, they're, like, weird about it or they're, yeah. Especially know. if they're not Asian. Yeah. And... Oh my gosh, I was like brushing it off, like it's whatever. And then we were looking up on Shutterstock for stock pictures to put on the website. And then we love those stock pictures. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, let's pick the one with the Asian lady on the stock photo page. I'm like, why did you pick her? Like, I just felt like so tender about it. Did she explain um, why? She didn't explain why. She was like, I like that one. The Asian lady looks nice. I was like, oh, okay. And then I told my co-worker about it like just gossiping and I sat through another whole awkward conversation where my co-worker was like just telling me all the things she knew about Asian people she was like oh I know there's k-pop but then again I don't know that much about Asians and then she was like um the way she says and- Asians when it's like <laughs> yeah and I was like I should have nice. never said anything even though I just wanted to like like gossip and see if do you like, have any um ugh. other asian co-workers like are you the only asian employee yeah not east asian the one person is um like south or southeast asian and she's not even mm-hmm. on my team she's part of like the finance department that we mm-hmm. don't talk to okay. and then oh my god while we were <laughs> gossiping <laughs> while we were gossiping with my coworker about the temp um the temp texted me and they were like, oh, wow, I love this new equity seminar that we have. I'm all about inclusion and like diversity. And I was like, oh my God, like what is happening? Oh my gosh. What do you even do in these situations? All I can do is deep sigh. You can't really do anything. <laughs> Report it to HR. Okay, I'm not going to go to HR for like such an awkward comment. I feel like it, like I would be in even more like weird attention because of it so mm-hmm. yeah i miss all the asian people we had in college even though i thought they were so annoying <laughs> back then <laughs> honestly same all the people in my lab were white too so but the person who trained me was asian at least uh-huh. <laughs> and my roommate is asian how's that going sally oh actually let me give my weekly update right now <laughs> so my roommate and i had a spontaneous bonding trip last oh. night or yesterday let me tell you how it started. (laughs) So I was on this like consignment website and then scrolling through and I found a bag that I really liked. So I bought it. It's like a designer bag, but it was like pretty cheap for a designer bag. It's Gucci. (laughs) Vintage Gucci. Anyways, (laughs) it was a few hundred dollars. It wasn't that bad. 
And then I got it and came in on Tuesday. And then I was like admiring it in my room. And then my roommate was like, oh, what'd you get? And I was like, oh, check out my bag. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, oh, this is pretty nice. And then we started talking about bags. And she told me about this bag she really wanted from Louis Vuitton. And it's like the like the Pachette 3 accessory Pachette bag. Sorry, I, don't know I do not know. The name, okay. but I don't, yeah, you guys don't know. But <laughs> it's anyway, so that's what it's called. And then she like went and she got inspired by me and like, went to check the availability in like all the stores in this area and then she found out that the store in tyson's corner galleria had that bag that she wanted and you know it's usually not yeah we went all the way to tyson's oh basically <laughs> to get her back and then we came back and, well, and then we got sushi so it was really fun bonding over we, like, luxury bonded. goods yeah it's like a one hour drive so we bonded a lot oh yeah wow. the drive is important yeah two hours there and back i guess but that's fun. Yeah. And we got Lady M cake because there is a Ooh. new Lady M store there. In Tyson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, In the okay. gallery. Yeah. See, I would go for the cake, <laughs> not the bag. Just for the cake. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get anything, so I guess I just went for the cake. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy. Like, I've never been close with my roommates except for Linda, but she doesn't count. <laughs> So this is like my first time having roommate bonding. Mm. <laughs> Have you planned any more? Or is it like just no, more comfortable? No, this is spontaneous. It's hard because mm-hmm. I usually go home for the weekends. And that's usually when like people would hang out and do stuff. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how was your week, Ming? My week was, I don't know. I guess we always, or like Lynn and I always end up talking about like business or yeah, work stuff. So mm. Yeah, this past week has been really weird. I've been feeling, like, very lethargic, like, just super tired and um, unfocused, I guess. And I think the reason might be, might be that I've start, I stopped drinking coffee. So it wasn't like I had drank a lot of coffee. Like, I was never a habitual coffee drinker. And when I had a cup, it, like, took me all day to finish it. But these past, like, few weeks, I have been drinking a little bit more coffee, like, like slowly drinking more and more and then I I decided not to drink anymore just because I was feeling kind of like my body was kind of upset by it on Sunday so then I was like okay I'll just take a break but I don't know if that's the reason or if there's something else happening to me because I'm just like so tired like me too I I laid in bed Monday night at like 6 p.m and I was like (laughs) I could go to sleep right now (laughs) but yeah I don't know I've been kind of tired even though work is not boring or like, I'm doing stuff. It's just, like, hard to get motivated to do it. So mm-hmm. maybe it's the colder weather. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That can be yeah. it. Is it, like, unnaturally? It's hmm? Yeah. It's, like, harder to get up from bed as each day comes, like, goes by. Each day is harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's so warm in there and it's so cold outside. You just, yeah. like, don't want to get out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess I need to get used to it, though. I took a nap yesterday in the middle of work, and I, like, set a timer, and it reminded me of when I used to take naps in between classes at college, and it was kind of a nostalgic (laughs) feeling, actually. I took a nap today, and then I just kept rolling around in bed until I, like, forced (laughs) myself to get up. Oh. So it wasn't really a nap? It was, like, I went to work, and then came back for lunch, because someone was using the microscope, Mm. and so I was like, I might as well take a nap since I have some time, and then I just ended up, like, laying in my bed for hours (laughs) before going back to work. It reminds me of the better days when we actually could, you know, take a break. Okay, so I guess we talked about this a little bit in our introduction and doing a recap of our week. We kind of touched on this, um, where we talked about... um, being Asian, I guess, and Asian American interracial dating or intercultural dating. And so for this episode, we're specifically going to be talking about romantic, like dating relationships. Um, And so, yeah, I guess we all have different experiences. But before we get into that, I'm just going to throw out a little statistic that I quickly looked up before (laughs) this episode. Um, According to a Pew Research study from 2015, um, over one third or 36% of Asian newlywed women had a spouse of a different race or ethnicity. So obviously um, marriage is a lot different than dating, especially at our age, but um, I think it is kind of important to keep in mind that statistic or like the fact that um, Asian women, American women are often dating interracially, interculturally. So you guys have had 
um, experience. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Your own experiences, Linda. <laughs> okay, Linda. Um. Okay. So I've never dated an Asian person. I've had a friend with benefits who was Asian, but I don't think that counts. And I don't really know why it hasn't happened. It's not like I've been like dating a lot of people or dating for a super long time. Um, Are you just I not think... attracted to Asian? Oh, hitting with the I hard question. I think I am. Oh, Sally. Okay, I think it's because <laughs> the demographics of the Asian population in college, they just seem so like different i guess i mean you kind of know what i'm talking about is people from you know those counties who like those are like the subtle asian the, <laughs> the subtle asian or like the boba liberal type mm. people and i guess it's hard to find um asian people who shared my i don't i won't say hard to find because maybe i wasn't you know trying or like specifically hunting down asian people um oh my gosh. and also like <laughs> It was annoying how subtle Asian dating was, like, projected this image of Asian dating that was based on, like, materialism and random things. Like, if you were a doctor, just, like, playing into those stereotypes. Like yeah. Yeah, like, stacks or, like, who can speak your, like, mother language to impress your parents and things like that. <laughs> and, the like, the image of Asians dating other Asians just wasn't that appealing going from those groups and like what I was experiencing at the time so you're saying it's not even from like a physical standpoint of like how someone looked as an Asian person but you're talking about like the attitude I guess surrounding you know Asian Americans specifically looking for other Asian Americans today is what you were turned off by I guess kind of like the culture Mm-hmm. or yeah. yeah it was hard to find my niche in the asian dating like um landscape because i didn't want other asians specifically like asian men to want to date mm-hmm. me just because i was also asian because mm-hmm. i think that's a a factor that definitely plays a role um i was reading this article and oh my god i forgot which one but it was like asian men are like the least desired type in dating situations such as in apps or you know maybe in general that they tend to go after other Asian women because they're like we should date together since no one else will date me or (laughs) something like that although the Asian men are just so like um I don't know (laughs) I I, I did talk to some like Asian women over like over dating apps and stuff that were cool but like nothing ever happened or it just like never came out i think Mm. i kind of understand what you mean that the earlier part where you were talking about how like the way like asian men are perceived kind of influences how you don't necessarily want to date them it's like the same yeah i feel like it's the same idea of like when we were talking about in some previous episodes i don't remember which one but we're saying that sometimes we we overcompensate, not overcompensate, but we, like, intentionally acted different than, like, the Asian women stereotype. So, like, even mm-hmm. though I am introverted or quiet, sometimes, like, if I think about it too much, I'll be like, okay, but that's what people expect of me. So, like, I want to be kind of loud, yeah, loud, get piercings, you know, tattoos, like... Play rugby. Yeah, <laughs> going against that. Yeah. So, I kind of get that mentality when it comes to dating. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sally, what do you think? Okay, I guess I'll share. So, I didn't intentionally date a white man. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess, like, f- before I started dating, I did have this, like, preconception that I would date an Asian person because I just thought it would be easier, you know, like, culturally and just, like, um, just to, like, I don't know, just in all in like a lot of aspects it would be easier to understand each other if like if we're the same race and the like same upbringing i guess but i don't know i started liking a white guy and then i dated him so, so i think it depends now like now i know i guess it depends more on the personality like the asian people that i met in college like linda said were not the type of people that i wanted to date like they were kind of immature like not sensitive they were not like just like very 
like, I don't know. Flat. I don't know. They're just, like, flat. Yeah. Everyone had, like, the similar personalities, which is kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, even the Asian girls, some of them had the same personality. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, growing up in a, like, people that grow up in a majority or a higher percentage of Asian um like population like schools yeah populations like stuff like that they probably have like a different culture from us because we grew up in a county that's majority black and we're like a very very small minority in our in our county so it was just like even though i thought we, they would have the same upbringing as upbringing as us being like asian american or second generation asian american like the environment they grow up in is also a really big factor into mm-hmm. like personalities and like interests. I think that's mm-hmm. a good point. Like when you don't grow up in a environment where you see other Asian Americans around you, mm-hmm. like a majority to the point where like you can pick and choose basically, um, not just based on, oh, this person is Asian. So like based on just their race, you can look into their personality. It's like different mm-hmm. to grow up in that environment where you see other Asians dating each other and like there's just you're surrounded and you're the majority and like you were saying in our county where it's like we see other situations where maybe we did see interracial couples more often or um it wasn't like a for sure thing that you would date an Asian person I guess Mm -hmm. so it's almost like when you go to college and you do see other Asian Americans uh, at a greater proportion it's like you don't automatically assume you have to date someone who's Asian because of yeah how we grew up but i would say i mean now that you bring that up and now that i think about it the being a minority thing did kind of influence a dating mindset because i remember in middle school like early Mm -hmm. high school i would try to see which asians were like Mm -hmm. available or something yeah because i'm (laughs) I'm like like, who's my target (laughs) like we're similar like we can relate um but that like that was like a blip but it i did have that feeling now that you bring it up yeah um i remember in middle school go ahead go oh, sorry ahead. in middle school the asian guy that i liked he liked another asian girl <laughs> that was like oh i'm no competition for <laughs> competition anyways <laughs> but, but yeah it, it does go back to even when we were younger almost that i remember in elementary school that you know there were always those couples like even though you were children literal children there were always those couples who were like shipped or oh my god you guys mm, will look so yeah. cute and a lot of times it's based on like external physical appearances i guess i don't know if that's yeah. just how little kids think but there was another kid who well this is really messed up because at the time and literally until maybe about like a year ago in my memories i always imagined him as another asian child and he was like an asian boy and like that was why they were shipping us and then now mm-hmm. when i actually think about it i had a conversation with stefan about this and when I, we were talking about it, i realized that he wasn't even asian or like east asian he was just another just a, a minority i guess like non-white and so this whole time in my mind i was like oh that's why they're shipping us when it really might have been just because we were the only like non-white people <laughs> at the Wait, school Ming. Oh my god, so this white girl, our mutual friend, I don't know if it's a mutual friend, but in high school, she shipped me and this other Asian dude, like, super randomly, <laughs> and me and this, like, Asian dude were, like, you know, casual acquaintances, but after she announced that she shipped us, I got so awkward with this guy, and I think it's kind of weird when a white girl, like, shipped Asian us. dude in our high school? Yeah. Yeah. We can spill the but name do you, later. Do you remember? Okay. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember this a lot, actually. I also got shipped with an Asian guy. <laughs> In high by school. By who? <laughs> by a lot of people. <laughs> so maybe that's... Anyways. Linda, you're yeah. like... You're... Maybe you're subconsciously like... Reacting like against that. Cringing from that yeah. experience. That I never date an Asian person again. <laughs> <laughs> of being so... Shipped so hard. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point. So Sally, you said like going into your relationship... You didn't expect to date a white guy, but I mean, were you uh, reluctant to? Like, once you realized you started having feelings, did you feel mm. some hesitancy because he was white? I don't think I was hesitant because of the race. I was just hesitant because it was like my first relationship ever, mm. and I didn't know like where it was gonna go. Um, and it like ended, so <laughs> that might be a testament to how well it went. Um, but. I mean, overall, I think we did, like, match well, like, in a, while we were, like, 
in a relationship, we did match well and we like understood each other. And in some sense, we were like raised similarly, like with similar values. Our, our parents raised her as similarly. So I think we were able to connect in that level, but like racially, it was hard because sometimes hard because like my, I don't know, he just didn't know a lot about my culture and like every time, okay, every time um, my parents wanted to invite him over for dinner, they would try to make like white people food (laughs) and I'd be like, no, it's okay. He eats Asian food. Like he eats like regular Chinese food too, but they wanted to impress him with like a casserole, you know, an extravagant (laughs) white people food. Like we get, we eat like spaghetti or like, I don't know, seafood and stuff like that. (laughs) How's extravagant? Like not our regular (laughs) seafood is extravagant. (laughs) Not spaghetti. Okay. Not, okay. Not spaghetti, but like the seafood is extravagant. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it was just, I don't know. I think, like, culturally, there's always stuff that you can't, like, even if you explain it to them, they won't understand. Like, I tried to explain, you know how, like, hot hot air and cold air in Eastern mm-hmm. medicine? Yeah. I tried to explain the concept to him, and he was just very disrespectful of mm-hmm. it. He was like, that stuff is fake. Like, seriously, like, why do you believe that? That's, like, that sounds, like, completely made mm-hmm. up. And I was just very offended. Because, I mean, even though I don't, like, I don't, personally don't really believe it 100%, but I still think there's some sort of truth to some of it. And, like, there's a reason why Eastern medicine is still around, like, after so many, Mm -hmm. like, thousands of years or whatever. Sally, I get that too, because I don't really believe in it. But when other people say it's not real, then I get, like, offended (laughs) somehow. Yeah, you know, it's, like, part of our culture, so I, like, still have to accept it. That's actually, that gets me offended on behalf of you because I feel like (laughs) when you're in a relationship with someone of a different culture, even if you don't believe that, like the fact that you're in a relationship with someone, you shouldn't be so disrespectful to like disregard it. Like you should have an open mind And, and honestly, anyone in any relationship, you should have an open mind to whatever the family believes in or like, you know, what you were raised with because... That, that's how you were raised i don't know that that makes me really like irked honestly <laughs> um but did you find that like as a whole he was receptive to i don't know different aspects of your culture and also he yeah. had different aspects of his culture coming from a white family so like how did mm-hmm. you react to that or yeah i think as a whole he was receptive to learning about my culture but i guess i didn't really have much opportunity to like share my culture with him as I don't know. We were in college in America. We didn't travel to Asia together. Um, he didn't, he like kind of put an effort to learn the language, but like Duolingo level. <laughs> <laughs> so like it didn't really go far. I mean, language is a really hard thing to pick up, but I think learning the language is a really important step to understanding culture because without knowing the language, you can't really understand like the, the nuances and like, I don't know, there's a lot of like um, puns in Chinese culture. Mm-hmm that relate like that you have to know the language to understand like why it makes sense or whatever mm-hmm. so stuff like that it was it like i think on a surface level like food wise he was very receptive <laughs> i mean that's that, easy yeah. <laughs> like deeper it's it's hard yeah mm-hmm. and then like in the in the like other sense like me understanding white culture um i think okay food wise it was kind of hard for me to understand <laughs> why like i okay not understand but like it was hard for me to like white people (laughs) like he would make um beans and toast which is like fine but he was like really into beans and toast at one point is he british i don't know like (laughs) no he just like he just likes uh i don't know he just likes white people well he likes asian he likes all types of food but i think i just like to stick with asian food and like Mm. i like what's comfortable to me and then i don't really know like, besides food, I don't really know white culture, but one thing I couldn't understand, like, at all was um, his older brother was, like, very lavish in his spending. Like, he's just a nurse, but he would buy, like, a custom-built house, and, like, he bought a bunch of horses, and, like, a whole barn, <laughs> and, like, a bunch of acres of land, and I was like, this is, like, a whole different world that... Wait, I, is that a white culture, though, or is that just, it's like, like, spending? He, it's, like... 
I don't know if it's white culture. Maybe it's just like his personality because, mm-hmm. I mean, his parents weren't like that. But it's just like this lavishness that like I'm always in the mindset where I have to save. And like even if I have the money, I should save it for like the future okay and Gucci I bag. Like, you know you know okay that was that was a small investment but it was discounted gucci so it was discounted but yeah it's just like a different mindset mm-hmm. and he was also more like he would i like in my mind he would spend more money than he was making and not really save. he wasn't as like into saving as i was which kind of like, I, was, I would always tell him, like, why are you spending... Like, you don't even need to spend so much money on me. Like, it's fine. You can just get something cheap for, like, presents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that you, and like... Oh, you sorry would... to interrupt. Um, yeah, go ahead. Like, at first, I was, like, questioning why this is, like, you bringing it up in context of white culture. But hearing you talk about, like, saving and, like, valuing stability, I feel like that's a very, like, mm-hmm. second-gen Asian immigrant family, Asian. like, yeah. value <laughs> to have. Um, Sally, are you frozen? I'm good now. Okay. But yeah, now that you talk about it, that's, um, it makes sense why that was kind of like a cultural thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like something where, it's like a value that most second gen Asians are raised with, like in their family. So carry it over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it might not even be like the case of, of course, we're not talking in a broad sense. Like you, you can't really obviously you can't like group like people based on race like based on behavior and race like this yeah but in your experience this is what you saw and i think that's a good honestly indication of maybe just of two people whose backgrounds didn't match up or you know whose upbringing isn't quite right and maybe it is a good portion due to race or like your family's experience as immigrants um Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah Go ahead. So, do you want to talk about your inter intercultural <laughs> relationship? Yeah, I guess that's where my mindset is because, I mean, obviously I'm Asian American, but I do feel like in a lot of situations I do feel kind of stuck in the middle of it, kind of where I can see both percep- perspectives, or I kind of understand that situation of like trying to understand one culture while being in another and so for Stefan and I like obviously we're not interracially a couple but like definitely intercultural and I think this was really emphasized when we went to Taiwan Mm -hmm. because at UMD like being around other Asian American students it was like easy to you know find the things that we have in common especially being part of the same cultural organization you know bonding over the food and things like that but it's really emphasized for me personally when I like moved away from that space and went to some place that was entirely not Asian hyphen American but just Asian mm-hmm. and that's where his parents feel or at least his mom feels more most comfortable as well so it was like that tricky situation of like meeting the family or talking to the family but also like being in a whole new culture oh, it was like on their territory yeah. Like, yeah, and their grounds. <laughs> yeah, and I know, like, I I definitely could have met her beforehand and things like that, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of intimidating <laughs> being there. And the whole language barrier thing, I totally agree with you when it comes to, like, if you don't know their language, then it's part of being respectful, I guess, to just learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, you can learn a little bit, but it's, like, actually using it in, like, conversation is, like, kind of hard so Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just little things like that and I think when Sally you said that you and your ex had the same values growing up um that you were raised with so it made it easier I definitely understand that because Mm -hmm. even though we were raised with different cultures I think the way that we can like still come together and have a good relationship is that we had or we have very similar values and personalities Mm -hmm. so yeah like on the one hand that in my mind that almost trumps our cultural differences Mm -hmm. but then of course in smaller ways like going to taiwan or speaking to his parents like the cultural differences comes in Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i feel like being second gen makes this like racial or like cultural divide more salient i guess because if you're like fourth gen (laughs) asian american and you're very i don't know like assimilated then it's mbd because you know you're gonna stay Mm -hmm. in the states you know that you're like um like 
parents-in-law would be able to speak like, English and that they also yeah. expect that your kids will probably be you know acculturated to America and they'll speak English and you know be totally fine but I feel like a common tension is that your native language will be lost when you have kids or yes when you like something I think about yeah. a lot yeah oh so yeah when I was I guess when thinking about dating I think about the next generation like will my kids be able to like still understand the culture like I think it's really mm. important to like keep the language alive um like from generation to generation and I'm always like worried like if if I were to continue with interracial dating would I be enough to help my kid to be like to continue to keep the culture and traditions alive or like I don't know if I can take on that burden my, by myself so that's why like I do think about having a partner with a similar background and culture as me. Mm-hmm. Also, it feels like your kids would just lose a whole another world if they were to yeah. just you know speak English and being here because the things that like like Sally puns and language things like I wouldn't expect a partner that wasn't from the same ethnicity as me to even begin to understand a pun yeah. or something like that. <laughs> but I kind of want my kids to you know like yeah, I want them to understand like I want them to be better at being Chinese than me honestly because <laughs> I don't understand a lot of the puns I'm like still learning a lot and I'm like not good at speaking Mandarin at all so I want them to be better than me and like surpass me but if I'm gonna I don't know I don't know how I would, I would lead them if I myself aren't mm, I'm not yeah. that good at it but also I can't see myself dating a, like a fob either because <laughs> the difference is just too big so like what yeah, am I gonna do it's true <laughs> uh. That's a good point when you were, Sally, when you said that word burden, I feel like that's really, that's a really good word to use to describe that feeling, especially, I don't know, maybe as women, like Asian American women, like a lot of times the the pressure of raising kids or like when you think about kids, it's like who's raising them is mm-hmm. obviously, ideally, I'd want to be split equally with my partner. But yeah. again, like you feel that burden as a woman, but then also as if you were the only person in that relationship who is Chinese or spoke the language then like that's an additional burden on top of you to like not only raise your kids but raise them with everything that your parents taught you mm-hmm. like culturally so like like pass uh, down the knowledge yeah it's almost like raising kids and raising kids in your culture is like the same thing basically so it's like mm-hmm. the added pressure I want my I want my parents to raise my kids <laughs> like send them off to boarding school at my parents house why is that boarding Wait, actually <laughs> <laughs> they need to live with them so they can experience fully immerse them <laughs> immersion <laughs> yeah did your parents ever express that feeling to you of them wishing they had given you more of their culture like ever um i think they tried to do that in the sense of like sending us to chinese school and like they mm. wanted us because my mom doesn't speak mandarin so she wanted me to, like she knew the value of knowing how to speak mandarin and she wanted me to learn it and I think culturally she like they really made an effort to bring us like to our relatives who all speak Chinese um, pretty often so that we can still stay in touch with the culture but of course a lot of things are lost like like the moon um, what's it called mid-autumn festival my mom would always tell us stories about how when she was a kid in Hong Kong they would have like lanterns and a whole festival Mm -hmm. and stuff but here like there's there's no way you can replicate stuff like that so Mm -hmm. we don't really celebrate like there isn't isn't really a big celebration for the Chinese holidays that I feel like I'm missing out on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the celebration part. Okay, this is kind of sad, but I feel like my parents don't talk about culture or like big celebrations that much because they like miss it. So it's mm-hmm. like hard to talk Aww. about when they're here and they would just tell me about how great it is and it would just like make them, you know, miss it more because it's just mm-hmm. too hard to go back and experience it. And like it's something that they lost too. Hmm. I guess I asked that question because um, maybe the pressure of like dating and dating within your same race or culture a little bit could be attributed to your parents. I don't I don't know like personally, but just generally, that's a general like statement that people ha- that has been floating around that like you've been pressured by your parents not just to date within your race or whatever, but to date just in general and like carry on that family line Mm -hmm. but do you personally feel like um that their feeling of like wanting to pass on more of the culture to you 
kind of contributes to maybe their desire for you to date another Chinese or Hong Kong person or like someone within the culture? Like, have they ever expressed that to you explicitly or implicitly maybe? After I broke up oh. <laughs> with my ex, well, she was like, my mom was like, um, interracial dating is hard and it would be mm. easier if you found someone within your culture. Just like on a cultural, like because the culture just connect and also because like, I guess connecting to the parents and even my grandma who was here for a bit when I was dating my ex, it's like, it's really hard. That language barrier is really hard. So someone who can like... I prefer someone who can speak the language, but it's really hard to find someone like that. Like, and someone that you mm-hmm. like, too. So, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't think they put that much pressure on me to find someone, but I put the pressure on myself. Mm. Yeah. I think I relate to a bit of what Sally said. Also, oh my gosh, my parents, okay, they used to, when I was younger in high school, be like, oh, why don't you date this Asian guy? And they'll point to someone, like, in the drama. <laughs> like, like, no, mom. <laughs> And then, like, recently, okay, she tried to set me up with this Wait, Asian Meng's dude. boyfriend? Oh. Huh? Oh. Remember oh. when she tried to set you up with Meng's boyfriend? I wasn't setting up. She was, like, because I think Stefan went up and talked to my mom at, like, TASA. <laughs> and he was, like, the uh-huh. only one she knew. But this was, like, a different case. So this no. was, like, some martial arts man. And then she was, like, <laughs> oh. She was, like, oh, like, martial arts is so attractive. Like, you can go and. I mean, you, know, you do, like, wushu dramas. <laughs> maybe she's like this man is so cultured like like this is what's um cultured. appealing i was like no <laughs> but there is like a little bit of i guess pushing but mostly mm-hmm. just like teasing because i mm. feel like she's accepted that she can do nothing mm. so your um parents met your ex and your ex wasn't asian um how, did they react specifically to their race or did they say anything about that? I think it was kind of like when Sally's parents tried to cook white people food for her ex. Oh. I think they were just kind of like discombobulated. Like they didn't know what to do. Mm. And I feel like it's hard for them to talk to my ex as like a fellow adult. Because they were just like talk. Because I guess their like English level is like. It's hard to be like f- like on the same level. Like friends level. Yeah. When they're talking in English. Like it's, yeah. it's hard to be more casual. I think so they were just yeah, talking yeah. to him like a kid and like talking to me like <laughs> a kid and, I mean that's fine but they were just like like don't know what to do but it's like your friend is coming mm-hmm. to play it's like oh I don't know <laughs> 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 yeah okay. so I think we zoomed all the way from like middle school to like kids to like the next generation but yeah I guess going back to dating this is something that know we're curious about was it ever i guess an issue of fetishization Mm. of being an asian american woman when dating or just like in casual encounters because there were some like frat parties where it was just not the move Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's a that's a good topic to switch to because yeah we've talked so much about like dating for marriage and like kids but one of the main reasons why i I mean, I haven't dated that many people either, but one of the reasons that maybe I find myself more easily attracted to Asian men is because that element of fetishization or being seen as a stereotype is like less on the table. I mean, it could possibly be on the table from a male perspective, you know, like the there are still differences in the gender stereotypes, but like it's less of a worry for me with Asian men. Um of like feeling objectified I guess so that's like one of the reasons why I'm like a little hesitant to uh, maybe especially white men too because that power dynamic I guess of where they're the the ruling class the majority <laughs> you know like yeah. um, that's always a thought in my head which of course like I-, I would never like not date a white person like like putting that rule out there but mm-hmm. it is a thought that I have a lot, especially in college when um, there were so many so many other Asian people you could date. Mm, it's like safer. And then there were like white frat boys. So like, who was I going to choose? <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, I Like for my relationship, it wasn't really a, like an issue for me. But I 
like I guess because when we started dating, he wasn't he didn't really know anything about Asian culture. He like wasn't into K-pop or anything. Hmm. But then um into the relationship he got into jifrin and at first i was like okay but then he got like really into them and i was like this is kind of weird but wait, what is that I've... wait what is that jifrin oh it's a k-pop oh, G-friend. oh okay okay yoja chingu <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> anyways so i don't know i felt like a little wary when he got really into jifrin because i'm like am i just like a k-pop like k-pop girl or something i don't know like okay of course i'm not like a k-pop girl but it's just like weird yeah <laughs> i don't know how to express it but it's kind of like do they just see me as like someone to stand or what? you know stuff like like not, not like that but like like okay anyways <laughs> that's the only um encounter i had with it though linda well, did you have any oh yeah Oh, I was just going to say that you shouldn't, like, worry about feeling stupid about feeling that way because that's how I feel with some of just in my friend relationships with, like, non, maybe non-East Asian people when sometimes when they come to me with, like, very East Asian cultural things, like... Mm-hmm. When they're really you know, into it, it's kind And of then stupid. they talk to me about it and I'm like, um, but I don't even like that stuff. So why are you coming to me? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is it because... <laughs> I am Chinese yeah. or Asian. That's why you're coming to me about that stuff. So yeah, I definitely understand that feeling of like, mm-hmm. even if they're coming to you like out of innocence or they just enjoy the mm-hmm. the thing, the entertainment, it's like, there's like a little thing in the back of your mind that's like, okay, but why me? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also the thing that I noticed that he tried to, like he tried to be more into, I guess, K-pop because I guess because I am into it, mm-hmm. but um. Like, a little while, or a few months before we broke up, he, like, um, randomly was like, oh, I listened to, you know, Suga from BTS. Mm-hmm. He goes by August D or something. Yeah, That's yeah. his rapper name. I don't know. He was like, I listened to August D's, like, new trap, new, what's it called? Like, rap. Mixtape? Mixtape. Mixtape? <laughs> yeah. That's what was <laughs> he listened to his mixtape, and I was like, he was like, oh, yeah, it's so fire. And I'm like, I didn't even listen to it, because, I mean, I don't like i don't follow him like that so i was like oh cool but like why did you specifically say that like right now to me Mm -hmm. so i kind of felt like i mean i think he was trying to make an effort to Mm kind of relate be more relatable to me but it was kind of hard for me to (laughs) respond Mm -hmm. and yeah that's like go ahead (laughs) sorry one last thing that i'm just saying that like that's a fair like thought like he probably was just trying to relate or like bring mm-hmm. up a common topic but i feel like mm-hmm. when you're not dating other asian people or east asian people that's always like another thought that like or is it because of this mm-hmm. so it's almost easier not to to have to think that but anyways linda sorry um yeah i was like i feel super protective about like liking k-pop or like liking asian media like hate dramas or you know anime and, anime stuff. and things like that especially when talking mm-hmm. to like people of another race because for me like i consume these things because i want to feel more connected to the asian diaspora and like the other person just wouldn't understand kind of that like asian to asian connection (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and the whole reason why i started liking k-pop was because my white friend liked it and back when we were like 11 years old and i was like you can't possibly like it more than me who is asian american (laughs) myself so i started like like getting more into it and then i actually genuinely liked it but i think i had like the opposite thing with sally where my ex did not like um express any interest like in k-pop or like k-dramas and things like that and whenever Mm -hmm. i would like we would like watch it together they'll just be like dot 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 kind of i was like (laughs) okay i'll like enjoy it by myself or like i'll go enjoy it with sally or something Mm -hmm. And I also have like the Did you white... feel like they were purposely avoiding it or they just didn't like it like personally? I think like they just didn't like it personally or <laughs> I feel like somehow like I like it because there's like a degree of connection. I don't know how much I would like yeah. it if I wasn't, you know, also Asian American or like also part of the diaspora. But I feel like I consume Asian media too much that I can't relate to other cultures because when my exes show mm-hmm. me things like um Oh my god, what is something super white? Like Jimmy Fallon or something? Like, like sports or something. Huh? Like sports? sports? 
Okay, we can one. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. Okay, go one with time, that. Yeah. Okay, go one with time Jimmy. I had to go to a hockey game and I was just like, dot, dot, dot. Okay, hockey is pretty white. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, okay, I don't even know what Jimmy Fallon is. I just remember that name. Or some like talk show or something. Yeah, some yeah. talk show. Or there's like some other... I don't even know. Like, I cleanse my brain and everything as soon as I, like, hear those names. And I would, like, find it super hard to Mm -hmm. relate, I guess, since I was so immersed in consuming Asian culture because... I agree with you. Yeah. My ex would, like, bring up... He would talk about a lot of American celebrities or, like, famous people that I probably should know in America. But I would always be like, who's that? Mm-hmm. And he would be like, oh, I knew. I Once I met this person and, like, this person knows this person. I'm like, I'm like, sorry, I don't know any of these people. It means nothing to me. Wait, Sally, yeah. But also it makes me feel super foreign. Like, when I think LeBron mm-hmm. passed away, I texted my ex. I was like, like, oh, did you see this? And stuff like that. And then they were like, oh, mm-hmm. you know who LeBron is or something? <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Okay, I am not that removed from, you know, Asian <laughs> culture. Like, I know who, like, freaking LeBron is. Um, Wait, Sally. Oh, Luna, I don't think LeBron passed away. Was it Kobe? It was Kobe. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> Just proving the point. Okay, so it was it was Kobe. No, because yeah. Sally, remember... Whenever you would, you guys. <laughs> whenever you would shoot Taiwan. baskets, you would say LeBron instead of Kobe. It wasn't just me; it was you too. <laughs> so we are pretty removed from um, yeah. American culture. <laughs> but yeah, did you ever feel like um, that you had to? Um, not catch up, but like, I don't know, do more work in order to relate to them. No, I was expected them to do oh. more work for me. Actually, yeah, Honestly. I would be like, I don't know what this is. Anyways, let's go back to doing what I like to do. <laughs> like, I knew the need was there. I just never like stepped up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing that I could. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> one thing go that ahead. like really. Not like one thing that was like really big in our relationship was that I like to watch, um, you know, my Asian YouTubers like Jen M and mm-hmm. Whaley, and I guess they are like they do talk about a lot of like fashion and like makeup stuff that he wouldn't be able to relate to. But like Wally TV, it's like a vlogging channel. But every time I put that on, he would be like, "Uh, it's those people again. They're so annoying." And like, <laughs> he said they were annoying. And I was just. Like, it's not that he was telling me, like, don't watch it in front of me, but because of his comments, I would just feel like yeah. I didn't, like, that was my safe space, and, like, I didn't feel like I was comfortable to watch it around him anymore, so for a while, I stopped watching them, well, or I, I didn't keep up with them as much. Sally, that irks me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, me. Again, because even if it's not, like, a race thing, quote, unquote, race thing, like, the simple fact is that you liked, you enjoyed watching them as a way to relax and like as your partner, he should have been like, I don't know, he should have kept his comments to himself, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's kind like of, I knew they were kind of like joking, but even though they're joking, it kind of like I took it to heart, I guess, because yeah. I didn't want to like I didn't want to annoy him by always watching his videos, even though like now that I think of it, that's kind of stupid. But yeah, I would take it to heart, too, even though I know it's like, yeah, mm hmm. Oh, I was just going to say that I understand the opposite side of it as being someone from, I guess, the dominant culture. Like, mm-hmm. um, whenever Stefan talks about something that's, like, anime or something, or I have to, like, hurry and, like, <laughs> quickly up. Google or, like, <laughs> yeah, catch up or ask for more. And I've never felt that as, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, not emotional work, but it is it is a little bit of, like, I do have to put in effort to understand it. But I never saw it in, like, a negative burden some way. I always saw it as, like, someone coming from a dominant culture. Like, I should be the one that is trying to understand what he likes. Like, because it's so easy for them to be, like, okay, you're in America. You can understand, like, white culture or, like, the dominant culture. But, like, Wait, Ming, I, so, I should be like, putting in the effort. Why do you think hmm? Stefan's is the dominant culture? Like, no, I... Th- 
not Stefan. Oh, she thinks Ming is the deaf dominant. I think I'm coming from like from my white background of like. Oh, you're the dominant. You know, yeah. I've watched Jimmy Fallon. Like I know what that stuff is, and mm-hmm. so since it's all oh, okay. around you, I feel like I should be the one putting in effort to understand like his like less dominant <laughs> stuff. I guess mm-hmm. or like yeah. manga or that sort of stuff. Yeah. So. But I guess you could see that in, like, both ways. Like, yes, that it, there is that, like, cultural and racial boundary, but you also have, like, you have to do that in any relationship. Even if you were to mm-hmm. date someone of the same culture, I think, putting in the work to understand their interests. But yeah. maybe it's, like, magnified because of that difference, mm-hmm. that hierarchy almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But also speaking interests, it's, like, they kind of on the anime stuff. That's kind of what fuels the <laughs> fetishization a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like Sally was saying, like, you see girls in anime or you see girls in k-pop and you think that's how like asian girls should that's how be. they perceive you yeah. yeah and even though i enjoy the media i also have that like this is what contributes um to mm-hmm. fetishization so do you feel weird or did you feel weird i know your ex was really into anime and manga like did you feel weird a little bit like them as not part of that cult- like i don't know culture but like not being Asian and consuming viewing, anime. yeah, consuming that. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit, but I also knew that it was irrational, <laughs> so mm. I didn't really like say anything or, you know, voice anything about it. It's just like a feeling that I had that I can't really express. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, um, and I think like maybe like expanding from our own personal experiences, like direct personal experiences. Have you? Um, ever like we all know the term like yellow fever and that idea of mm-hmm. <laughs> fetishize fetishization I can never say that word but yeah l- yellow fever and like you know someone who's not Asian who's consistently had or dated Asian people and it's always kind of like a like a guess like oh is it because they're Asian or just you know that's how it has happened you know um I don't know I I had a conversation with a friend once about his yellow fever and like he admitted it Who and it was a fever? really interesting okay, okay i'll tell you after this but it was a really interesting <laughs> a lot of conversation <laughs> it was a really interesting conversation because i had never talked to someone who first of all admitted it and the second fact is that even though he mi- admitted that he had yellow fever or was like attractive to like asian women like he didn't understand the implications of that and what that meant to asian women like to feel that and so for me to talk to him about it, it was, like, kind of eye-opening on my end because I'm not giving him, like, you know, an, an excuse or whatever. Like, obviously, it's a bad thing to fetishize people or, like, like desire people just for their race. But, like, to tell him and explain to him how it felt to be objectified in that way was, like, almost empowering. Like, I felt like, yeah, let me tell you how it feels. <laughs> and he was very receptive to it. And I don't know if it changed his mind or anything like that or changed his desires or whatever but (laughs) um yeah i don't know that that's the only time i had a conversation with someone who admitted it and i think a lot of people have preferences or racial preferences but like when it gets to the point where you're like solely focusing on that when you're looking for a person that's when it becomes problematic i guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i guess my question is have you guys experienced that like as someone interested in you with like a past like that or do you know someone like that i guess i think we all knew someone like that do you guys remember like white mm. rice ryan <laughs> from white rice <gasps> oh the name sounds familiar oh yeah 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 oh from college. From college yeah i didn't know him but i heard stories of him. <laughs> um i wouldn't say i experienced like outright fetishization but it's weird when people see you and they're only familiar with, like, Asian identity in, like, one capacity. Like, mm-hmm. I think my ex was super into, like, the Asian pastoralism part where you would just, like, live off of the land <laughs> and stuff what? like that. Why was it specifically Asian past? Like, okay. why? Because, oh, we would watch Mountain Girl together. And <laughs> oh, we would really oh. enjoy Mountain Girl. And, <laughs> Mountain like, Girl leads the sheep. <laughs> and she's so, like beautiful and asian and she knows how to like plow the land and stuff so that was like an <laughs> idealized um asian that thing early cottage core aesthetic yeah and <laughs> the like, cottage core i am also cottage, cottage core. core 
I guess, or I enjoy the parts that are enjoyable. Um, but that mm-hmm. was like kind of weird. I'm like, and then they would always talk about like going to that kind of lifestyle and stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think you understand what this actually means or like how much work mountain girl has to do to just like <laughs> like survive and do all this stuff. Even though she doesn't like, look like she's struggling at all, she's like doing great. Okay, mm-hmm. off topic. <laughs> okay okay i haven't really experienced anything like that i mean i haven't really dated that much so Mm -hmm. also like somehow i worry that i'm fetishizing others because i tend to go for mock men of color or mock i guess what do you mean by mock men of color oh (laughs) oh i thought you meant like fake men of color like fake yeah what what is a fake man of color (laughs) It's M-O-C, you guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. We got it now. <laughs> or, like, other people of color. I'm like, am I going after them just because they're people of color? Because I've never dated a Asian person, but I've dated, like, a Latinx person, um, a Black person for a little bit. And I'm like, it feels kind of weird, but also... If it happens, it happens. Not like if it happens, it happens. Oh my god, what am I saying? But like, <laughs> the natural progression is what I should be focusing mm-hmm. on. And if you're like aware that fetishization could happen, you're like more likely to, you know, nip that in the bud or like do some deep mm-hmm. reflecting on yourself. Yeah, that's true. That um that kind of leads into the question that I wanted to ask, but I, like, whenever you talk about preferences when it comes to like dating or you know having a type it always gets like very I don't know I'm just scared of the answers that come out of people's mouths sometimes yeah because it's true that people do have like a certain preference when it comes of who you're naturally like just physically attracted to um Mm -hmm. but then like when it gets into the part of like who I will date versus won't date and like especially Linda when you were showing us all those like um the hinge like oh the like scales not scales but choices that you could Mm -hmm. choose of like i only want to see these people based on like this this and this like i don't know how to feel about that because on the one hand i understand like i also would prefer to date like a non-white person or like you know or a certain look like being not too tall taller than me because i'm kind of short like that sort of thing Mm -hmm. but But then on the other hand it's like i don't know like where is that when does that enter into like the problematic zone you would say mm-hmm. i think it's not wrong to have a preference but when you're dating solely based on like appearances like preference based on appearance then like in i guess on dating apps they can't really help it but in real life if you're just talking to people because they fit a certain like look or something or you like don't give people a chance that don't fit your criteria then maybe mm. that's problematic Mm-hmm. but is it yeah. problematic to only want to date your own race though like with the subtle asian mm. dating thing That's they're true. only looking to date other asians to the point of being like exclusionary to other races and we see how like toxic mm. subtle asian dating is so is that just like a breeding ground for more problems <laughs> that's a really good point too because they even get more specific than just race but like specific ethnicity or like you have mm-hmm. to speak this language or i mean there's a whole bunch of characteristics yeah yeah, that gets really yeah like you said toxic i don't know i that that's a very difficult question because we've brought up points where it does make sense to date within your same race or culture of like you know thinking of the future and thinking of connecting with the family Mm -hmm. um i I don't know what are your guys personal feelings about that I think there have been some non-Asians on subtle Asian dating. Like, I don't know what kind of interactions they were, they're getting, but, um, I think the only, I think it's problematic if it's like, like explicitly exclusive to Asians, but if it's like Asian interests, maybe it's better. I don't know. uh, Asian interests, but not Asian exclusive. Like TASA. (laughs) Yeah. TASA, Greek life, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also Mm -hmm. the the non-Asians in subtle Asian dating are like, outsiders looking to date other asians yeah also like that yeah that's weird too it's like you can't win in that situation honestly when you you create a group like subtle asian dating it's like 
not that you're asking for it, but it almost breeds that sort of like physical selection where you're like specifically like talking about one aspect, which is a very important aspect, like your race, your background, your cultural background is very important, but that's Mm -hmm. like one attribute of yourself, I would think that like we're all the same, like we're all East Asian American women, but like we're so different from each other. So that's like when you get into those types of groups, it's hard to see those differences when you're solely looking at that one one part of you i don't know mm-hmm. yeah Ugh. selection of the fittest survival mm-hmm. of the fittest Sur- <laughs> i don't think it's surviving Sally. okay <laughs> never mind okay um maybe we could wrap it up but i know that sally after you had experience dating your ex you said that you were only looking for like specific like people in mind or you're hopeful to like date. my preference yeah. yeah someone in those preference so is that just based off of your experience from dating this one person or you've come to realize I've come to realize that mother knows best <laughs> <laughs> no but also that's because the title of <laughs> but also Sorry. like the because of like my thoughts about carrying on the second journey or the next generation it's like I think that um, is the biggest factor that I take into account because I mean, of course, I'm dating to for like a future with the person, not just dating around just like for fun. In the long term, I want to have like children and be able to pass down my culture. So I think, like realistically speaking, it's gonna be really hard if I date with a different race. Mm. So that's just, what are your just like logistically thinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, Linda, what are your thoughts like? Oh, my next Looking steps. into the future. Yeah. So I think looking in the future, I don't know what I would change because I've always been open to dating, I guess, everyone. And like I mm. talked about not having dated an Asian before, but now I'm not like, it's time for me to finally experience it, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> just whatever happens, I guess happens. And also I'm like pretty mm. bad at dating. Like I'm so out of practice just talking to anyone. Um, so I don't know about next steps. But also since making a dating profile recently, like like Ming talked about, there's also so many other characteristics that might be weird to filter for. Like Christianity, I notice is like a big thing. Like you want to date another mm-hmm. child of God and stuff like that. And <laughs> child of God, Sally, Sally, what? Okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Child of God. Anyway okay yeah Yeah. so it's it's like just hard to put yourself out there without being exclusionary but also being super specific Mm -hmm. for what you want um but there's like i feel like a lot of unconscious unpacking to do when dating and Mm -hmm. i guess i'm glad to have this i guess conversation because i am trying to date or trying to um have more conversations about it so there was mm-hmm. a lot of like deep memories coming out mm. um i'll just say that like we can talk about this later in our um dating app episode but i think the the fact that you do now have such an ability to like filter out based on all these characteristics mm-hmm. that even when you're not using that app i feel like that mindset might carry over into you're looking for such specific characteristics that it's easier now to like look past someone or be like brush someone off if they don't have Mm -hmm. those specific criteria and so I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or I mean a bad thing like there's pros and cons on both sides of it um as someone who's not currently like looking or in the dating pool I think that for my personal situation I'm really looking for someone who can understand the kind of like in-between place that I fit in so that's not necessarily an Asian person or a white person or like non-Asian person Mm -hmm. but yeah having that understanding and that empathy that I think could benefit all of us like anyone in a relationship of understanding Mm -hmm. their you know specific situation of like as an Asian American you're always in between I feel like Mm -hmm. so someone who understands that 
not that this is like in the future or anything i'm curious what would mm-hmm. it be like to date another asian adoptee you know actually super specific what do you mean actually yeah. actually oh, no 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 your facebook there yeah there's actually that's what i was gonna say there's a facebook group um that like kind of like builds off of the just plain adoptee traits facebook group now there's one that's like subtle asian adoptee dating <laughs> there's so, so many words but yeah there there's a whole group for that because in that group people have said that like i only want to date and another adoptee because they're the only ones who can truly understand the experience mm-hmm. of an adoptee an asian adoptee so like i understand that and it's actually kind of interesting to see people because there have been relationships made out of that group and wow. it is true that like it's such a specific experience and situation that like that's why i'm trying to make friends through that group because i feel like sometimes they're the only people they'll like post something that's so relatable that no one else could understand but mm-hmm. i don't know about dating i'm kind of open like i said i'm open to like anyone who can understand this situation like even if you are another adoptee you're never gonna understand the exact you know specific circumstance yeah. And that can be said for everyone. Yeah. I mean, as Ming exemplified before, the (laughs) more important thing is to, like, put an effort into getting to know your partner's interests and not just, like, you know, shutting it down because it's different. And having similar, like, values is really important, too. I think more Mm -hmm. important than, like, the exterior stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. We hope you liked this episode talking about interracial relationships and intercultural relationships as well. We hope that if you're dating someone outside your race or outside your culture, you might be able to relate to some of our experiences. I know for me, it was enjoyable to be able to debrief with you guys since this is a topic that I kind of brushed under the radar or didn't pay attention to it a lot, but it's super important, especially as... I think Asian American women talking about dating. Um, So we hope that you may be able to relate, um, laugh at some of our experiences, maybe learn a bit from our mistakes. So we hope you like listening to us talk about relationships because there's two more episodes to come. Are we announcing the topics yet? Sure. Okay. Sally, what are the topics? Sorry, I forgot. Um, There's going to be one about quarantine and like long distance relationships and then there's gonna be one about dating apps so online dating Mm -hmm. okay and there you have it those would be (laughs) next week and next next week and you can check out our website at movingalongpod.com where you can find all of our episodes and show notes with links and if you like this episode you can follow us on instagram and subscribe on itunes or spotify until next time Bye. bye